Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our Bigfooty podcast for trade period and uh, I've got with me some, well, some very experienced guests in the football uh, fraternity. <laughs> um, I don't want to say they're old, experience is, is the term I'm going for. Uh, Messenger, welcome back. I was traded for a future second round pick just an hour ago. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and after many, many, many days of discussion and, 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 and trade turmoil, we've got ODN in uh, finally. Oh, I'm just a delisted free agent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look, before we get stuck into the trades, guys, there's a few um, iffy bits and pieces going around. And I, I want to just quickly bring up uh, the Carlisle trade that kind of mm. exploded in St Kilda's face uh, today, really. Well, last night. Um, well, what I mean, there, there's there's not a lot they can do about the trade now, apparently, but should there be something they can do about that? I mean, were they sold so, a bill so, of goods that... You know, well, what, 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 what was he... What's he, what's he what does he actually do? They, they, there's a video of him what, smoking some chuff. No, oh. no, I think uh, some uh, a bit of sherbet up a straw. Yeah. Well, I... You know, really? I mean, if if they didn't, I mean, he he is of uh, dubious character anyway. I, if they're really talking about reversing a trade where they've offered the guy what four years, seven hundred and fifty thousand over four or five years, I mean, that's just that's no. You've got to ask yourself that. I mean, have they deliberately? I mean, this comes out the day after the trade is done. Oh, cynical, cynical things. No, Absolutely. no. No, you, you can't tell me there's nothing. <laughs> Five in that. hours after the trade was signed off, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was for, like the same looking, day. If, if you're looking for a list with 38 angels on it, well, you're going to look forever. Um, that's not really the point, though. I mean, we're, we're in an environment these days, Messenger, where these things are factored into your trade value. And St Kilda, I mean, they probably wouldn't have taken him if they'd known this. Hang on, hang on. This is the guy who, at the end of his time at Essendon, said, was saying, this club is fucked while standing in the jumper during a game. Yeah. Like he was, he had, he had done, he had done nothing right at Essendon in the last six months he was there, and they still coughed up a pick pick five for him. So if that wasn't going to put him off, why would him sticking some Columbia marching powder up his nose bother them? Mm. I'm just not sure it's the issue that St Kilda really needed while they're trying to rebuild the club. I mean, it's terrible, and you got to, you got to feel for them. But gee, I mean, I don't know. I thought clubs did a fair bit of due diligence on players before they go and spend that much money. And I have to say, messenger, uh, yes, for, for, for all of us here, uh, Carlton and Hawthorne were were fairly high up on Carlisle's lists. You know, both made approaches that uh, he was fairly happy with at one time or another. So um, bullet and, dodged. And, well, I mean, you could say that, but by the same token, how often do twenty three year old key defenders come out? come onto the market like that. And, and and if you're really put off by something like, you know, sticking some drugs up his nose, and I mean, it might be a regular thing for him, it might not be, I mean, it probably is a regular thing for him, but ultimately if you're put off by that, then then so be it. But clearly, yeah. Hawth- clearly nobody was, which is, wow. I think, instructive. It, it, Messenger, is this attitude typical of what the main board refers to as... Members of the family club. <laughs> well, I, I just I'm a I am a live and let live sort of a person. I think I think that's anything to do with the club I support. But ultimately, you, you 
take these people as you as you find them, and and if you make a value judgment that that that, that behaviour is not acceptable, or that that behaviour impacts on him in some other way, well then you say, okay, well we're not going to recruit him. But clearly, a number of clubs said we don't care, and we don't yep. care about how he finished his time at Essendon. We no. still think that the 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 content of what he can produce is worthwhile. Mm. But Let's I... face it, if you don't care about um, possible wider sanctions hanging over his head, then you're not going to care about what he does in his recreational time. Well, well, there is that, right. That's exactly right. But I, I put it to you, though. I mean, Hawthorne have two players under police investigation at the moment. Right. Um, if Carlisle had rocked up with this, un- with this over his head today, you wouldn't be happy as a Hawthorne supporter, would you? Well, I'm not happy as a Hawthorne supporter given the situation as it is now, but I don't see them as being related. No. Because, because really, if would you honestly cancel a contract for that? I, think I mean, you the might, idea I've... that you tear the contract up and you say, oh, well, you're a naughty boy, so therefore you can't play football for us. I mean, really? Is that what, I mean, that doesn't seem grounded in any sort of reality to me. I, I... The, the other issue is separate, and it has the potential to be extremely serious and it has the yeah. potential to re- you know obviously there's a, a young woman who's been um badly uh harmed well, allegedly and and there's a potential for for people to go to prison um but they don't seem to me to be related i'm, I'm not saying that they're related i'm just saying it would be like something you don't need on top of that i mean we wouldn't need if, if carlisle turned up at carlton today having this thing on the news last night or whatever yeah. I don't think Carlton people would be happy, and I reckon Big Footy would be not in the least surprised that this kind of thing would happen to Carlton. If this yeah. had happened to Carlton today, we'd be the laughing stock of the board over it, and people would think it'd be nothing more than we deserved. Well, this is the second time St Kilda's uh, got to play before he's played a game, been abroad in a scandal. So, and uh, Lovett uh, didn't get to play a game for them after that, did he? No. Yeah, but Lovett, the allegations against Lovett were far more serious. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying generally, I mean, you've got to, you've got to be unlucky to have these things continually happening to you. Mm. The so, other... You, you do, but, I mean, they, again, and, and, you, and you question whether they, they, they do, you know, do due diligence, yeah. and, and, and maybe they do and say, well, you know what, that doesn't matter to us. Yeah, and fair enough, and it really and it really shouldn't matter to most of us. It's, it's their issue. Hmm. The other thing I wanted to bring up was James Aish. Now he's alleged to it is no, it's Truor, sorry, who hmm. was uh, allegedly well. He went off and had a mysterious operation that no one seems to know anything about, least of all his club, and allegedly not Collingwood. What's what's all that about? Um, look. Zero, at the end of the day, zero harm, zero foul. I mean, like, he was always going there. So even if Collingwood were involved and said he should go off and get that operation, and who can can tell? He might have done it off his own bat. He's entitled to do that. And they say he had to tell GWS about it. But he was out the door. No matter what, he was out the door. Whether he went into the preseason draft or he went to Collingwood, he was out the door. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's probably... not so many manners going on in the way these approaches are made and some of the assumptions being made, but the end it shows of the day, a that... certain la- it shows a certain lack of respect for GWS, which it I does. And, and and you know, and I rattled on about this last year with GWS and, and I think and I, I haven't changed my mind. I think in some respects the they 
they lack a certain... Um, well, they, they certainly didn't do themselves any favours last off-season. I'm not sure that... And I think the Trelaw thing is a symptom of that. And I think that it shows the club an enormous lack of respect. Um, And uh, and I also have to think that ultimately I'm not sure who's who's not Trelaw's agent. I'm trying to think who's Aisha's agent. Uh, But sometimes I think the agents get involved. I think the agents are part of the problem here. Pickering is Aisha's agent. Yeah, yes, well. funny about that. And and um, the other one, obviously, we need to talk about with GWS is McCarthy. Mm. Yeah. And his agent is um, problematic in all of this as well. Well, that was a that was a soap opera saga trying to get them to bend over. But at the end of the day, GWS have uh, they've held firm. They've held firm on um, Adam Tomlinson, and that was a little bit more um, cordial. That sort of you know what Carlton were trying to do with them, and they still held firm. Contract the player, we want to keep him. Mm-hmm. And um, and we thought it was we, we, Carlton had their media people uh, all set up. Um, Outside, waiting for the big news to drop, and it didn't happen. So we got ahead of ourselves on that too. Yeah, it is amazing how fast it. Like you start seeing players in opposition jumpers and things like that when they've signed, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Henderson was in a Geelong jumper about twenty minutes after the announcement. You know, it's 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 a big game. Tomlinson um, followed Carlton on on Twitter probably about. An hour and a half, two hours or whatever before the before the deadline, and Carlton immediately followed back, and then the media reported on that fact. He's going to Carlton. They're following each other on Twitter, so it was all a bit of uh, mind games going on with Tomlinson trying to put pressure on GWS, I expect, um, to, to to let him go. And um, yeah, so it's, it's it's just one big sideshow. It's quite amusing. Mm. The other the other thing, and Messenger and I have talked about this recently about uh, future trading future picks. It was a big concern oh. of ours. Uh, and I, I was particularly concerned when Carlton started off the whole thing by trading Henderson for a first-round pick next year, um, which we later traded off to GWS in exchange for pick eight. Which so it, it, it kind of worked out, but it was something that worried me a little bit because it's 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 not really ideal in for my uh, for mine in terms of rebuilding a club. And just there seems to be a fair bit of uh, trading of these future picks, just to give you an idea. Uh, Brisbane have obtained well have obtained uh, round two from Collingwood, uh, a round two selection from Collingwood, as part of the Ace trade. Uh, they originally got that from St Kilda uh, through the Nathan Freeman trade. They've also got a round three selection from North Melbourne, included in that uh, uh, James Ace trade. Geelong have got uh, sorry Carlton have a round three selection which they got from the Western Bulldogs, um, which I'm not even sure when that happened. Colin would have a round two selection. <laughs> Happened late. Um, Geelong have uh, a round three selection, which they got from Brisbane, who got that uh, through a trade for Josh Walker and Jared Jansen. And they've also got a round five selection next year. Uh, Gold Coast have a round one selection that they got from Melbourne in exchange for, I think, pick three this year. Now, hang on. Now, that that's the golden prize. Mm. A Melbourne future first. Yeah, and that, that's I mean, going to be like pick two and, next year. <laughs> well, I mean, but this, the, the interesting thing, first of all, I'm interested that they've been used so often, and I think they've been used reasonably effectively. Mm. My problem is never with getting them. I think getting them is a good thing. Um, the issue is always giving them away. And, and I think a couple of clubs might, and they've obviously been used to grease the skids, and they've been very effective in that regard. But the proof of the pudding will be 
next July when we're talking about, oh, my God, and they don't even have their first-round pick next year and look where yeah. they are. And that'll be the interesting thing is that you do these things on the basis that it's not going to be a problem. And I think Geelong are probably reasonably safe, although I think we might need to talk about them in a tick. But a lot of these picks, particularly the lower rounds, ones you don't worry about, but it's the first round runs. And that Melbourne one, Gold Coast have got a massive trade asset there. Mm. Massive trade asset. That could be a top five pick next year. And if it's a really good draft, I mean, Melbourne have given away the farm. Well, it's not just that. Gold Coast took, th- um, well, they got three round two draft picks next year as well that they traded for, not including their own. They, they've they've been they, given... They, they've clearly got some academy kids they're interested in. Well, that's what they're there for because GWS have followed the same thing. GWS have got two round one selections, one from Carlton, uh, one from Collingwood, uh, and a round two selection that they got from Adelaide. Uh, the Bulldogs have got a round four selection that they obviously got from us, like, in the last five minutes of the trade period, and also in a, a four uh, round four selection from the Swans. So there was a fair bit of that, that future what trade. What did they get? What did they get from Carlton for that? It was some pick exchange that they did tonight, Odin. Oh, okay. So the Western Bulldogs. Yeah. Uh, they got uh, twenty and twenty one for our week. So we gave them twenty and twenty one. They gave us eleven, and we also did a uh, switch. So Carlton's future. Uh, round four for their future round three or something like that. So, so small stake like stake knives next year, but it was all based around getting us getting rid of twenty and twenty one to upgrade to eleven. Which is a good, which is a good trade. I mean, because you Carlton have now got what four, three picks inside twelve and four inside twenty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's a great way to start a rebuild, isn't it? And that 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 pick nineteen that Carlton have is still my favourite pick of all time. Yeah, it's it it uh, pick 19. Uh, we, Carlton got it from Richmond uh, in the trade for Chris Yaron. Yep. Uh, Richmond got it from Gold Coast as part of the Charlie Dixon trade. They got that from Gold Coast, who got it from Greater Western Sydney via a trade in 2012. It was traded to the Giants by Fremantle in 2011, and it was originally received by Fremantle as compensation for Reese Palmer. It there has been go. around four years. <laughs> well, can I, just, can I just say... Something like 39 of the first 50 picks in this year's draft changed hands mm. during this trade period. And uh, some of them up, you know, five or six, five times each. There's a couple there changed hands mm. five pick, times. Pick 28. We've got a thread yeah. about the odyssey of pick 28 There's on a, the draft and trading board. That's a, that's a yeah. good one too. North Melbourne uh, ended up with it, uh, got it from Collingwood, who got it from GWS, who got it from Carlton, who got it from Adelaide, who got it from Geelong. So... Mm. All started off with that Paddy Dangerfield trade, and it, so many trades did. They 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 were so intertwined with other trades that you couldn't do anything until this other trade had been done. The the Ace trade was a classic uh, version of that. Uh, some of the GWS trades were were multi layered, and it was it was a very complex trade period this year. The, 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 the... There we so go, gone. guys. Sorry, pick 53. Six, six hands it went through. <laughs> it's incredible for a pick that late. It, it isn't bad for pick I think, 53. I think that might have been one of the picks Hawthorne had for a while there as well. Was it like... uh, no. TWS, Collingwood, North, Gold Coast, Geelong, Adelaide. Really that, was another danger, that was another danger field pick. So there you go. Yeah. It started the ball rolling everywhere. Some of the compensation <laughs> picks at the end there, if, uh, pick 40 was a Hawthorne one. 
at one point. Yes. It went through North Melbourne uh, before ending, one, ending up at Brisbane. That was the suckling compo pick. That was the suckling pick. And, and Hawthorne, every time Hawthorne have got a compo pick for something, they've always traded it. They've never used it. And I think that was the truth with the last one we had was the Campbell-Brown pick. We uh, from Gold Coast the combo pick there we turned that into David Hale, mm. so yeah it's um, been interesting. The just one with Geelong is that they've traded quite well and they've got in some some great talent. Obviously Dangerfield's you know a, a, a elite talent. They've let a lot of guys go and I wonder how many open list spots they've got. Well, they'd have I, a few because I reckon they'd... I have a feeling somebody reckons they've got eight. Yeah, yeah. They're gonna they're gonna have to go pretty big in the draft. To uh, the, I mean, they let go some rookies and they let go some senior talent. So I mean, it's not that bad. But they got in some good players. I mean, um, Zach Smith's not a bad ruckman in his spare time at uh, at, at the Gold Coast, and he's be, he's going to play second fiddle to Blickavs next year anyway. Henderson, we... you know, he's not bad on his day. I don't know who else. I... Who else they get? Dangerfield. Oh yeah, he's all right. Oh, I might be over it. <laughs> Selwood, yeah, Selwood's all right. The, the, the interesting one, I, I just somebody told me that they've got eight spots open on their list and they're not picking. I think their first pick is something like 67 or something like that mm. at this point. That could be wrong. I'm, I'd be surprised if they weren't picking until the mid-60s, but they've they've effectively no. traded themselves out of the first three rounds. Yeah, no, Geelong's first pick, 67, 85, 103 and 121. <laughs> they, they, they're going to want to elevate a few rookies for that. They got rid of uh, Steve Johnson, uh, obviously retired him, but he's ended up at GWS, in, which is an okay pick, I suppose. I mean, he'll showboat around for a year and then coach, I guess. Jared Jansen from uh, Brisbane. Uh, uh, Josh Walker from Gold Coast. Uh, Dawson Simpson... Uh, he went to GWS. He went as to well. GWS as well, did he? And they they disposed of picks nine, twenty eight, forty nine, and their first rounder in two thousand and sixteen. They got Patrick Dangerfield, Lockie Henderson, Scott Selwood, Zach Smith, a third round pick in two thousand and sixteen, and a fifth round pick in two thousand and sixteen. Out of that, I think they've hmm. tried to jam open their window next year. Yeah, is it a small window though? <clears throat> It's well, pretty small. When you offload, mm-hmm. I mean, they offloaded a lot of senior players that have got a lot of experience but were ageing and replaced them with players that possibly could step up. I mean, Dangerfield's a big a big step in that. Henderson, I mean, he's he's good when he wants to be. It's, you know, he might be great in a Geelong lineup. Um, Zach Smith, he's a very handy backup and he's, an, he's not bad forward. He's no mm-hmm. Nick Nat or uh, Dean Cox, though. So, you know, he's... I mean, I think they've tried to wedge open that that window just a little bit before they can drop down again. Yeah. So well, you, 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 overall, the, the, you know, just because they got Dangerfield, you've got to give them a big pass mark for yeah. it. But it's uh, long term. <laughs> That's the issue. I so Look, wanted you, to see Dangerfield drop to the preseason draft, but anyway. You don't, I mean, you don't get a guy like Dangerfield and not be all in for the next year. No, you that's, don't that's get right. Get him in and say, "Oh, and by the way, we're rebuilding." Like yep. you're ready to, you're you are you're having a tilt in the next couple of seasons. And I mean, he but, came, um, he was straight out on their membership uh, promotions and everything. I mean, they were ready to, they hit the ground running with him. Yeah, absolutely, and so they should. I mean, he's he's eminently marketable. Marketable. I guess the question for them is, if it doesn't work out, 
then you know what what do they do? Because um, and I just wonder how many picks they're going to have, and if they if they've maybe shaved off some depth for the top line talent. I don't know. Mm. I mean, Geelong's depth has always been pretty reasonable, though. I mean, that's one thing they do develop. I mean, they pull them straight out of the. Sorry, and I'm going to say this once and once only: the Footy Factory. At the... Oh, God help me! Yeah, Mickey Turner's Footy Factory. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know about the uh, the Melbourne side of things. I think they've probably got themselves a lot of picks again, which they've proven. Uh, immensely adept at wasting but um you know the players they got they pay over i reckon they overpaid for jake milksham i'm not a jake yeah, yeah, don't, don't get that at all i'm not a milkshake fan at all and um who's the other one they got bug from gws yeah meh lost how and they lost how who's a decent player you know mm. and hang on we haven't mentioned the other one they lost at melbourne Jack Fitzpatrick. Oh, yeah. What well, a trade. <laughs> 94. For an elite uh, jet gun. Oh. Uh, is he going to be the next Jesus? He could be. Yeah. He could be. He could be. Look, I mean, he's, Hawthorne have a history of getting ruck depth, and I'm surprised they traded for him. I think the, the talk was he was just going to be a delisted free agent, but... Um, they're um they're not going to have too many active picks in this draft. They've got two inside the top twenty, so yep. they've got fifteen and eighteen, and then they've traded up today into the forties, um, and then they've got seventy six. And I think that'll pretty much see them out. The um the reason there was a cut. So Steve Johnson was the same delisted free agent, but they, the reason they traded for those players is so they can get them to the club sooner. Because the the DFA's got to wait a little while until some deadline passes, so because there's a nothing pick anyway, yeah, um, that's right. It just get, it gets them in there straight away, so they can start, you know, put put I guess getting them on off season programs and whatever they want to get them on and show them around quicker. Mm. Yeah. ODN, the uh, the big question floating around Twitter today has been about Menzel being traded from Carlton. Yep. Yep. Um, what's the thinking there? Um, look, there's three. It's it's tough, a little bit tough on Menzel, but and he didn't he he didn't make any noises like he wanted to go, but there was always a feeling that he would go. Um, three players were identified during the year as having not uh, lived up to on field standards. Those three players are now gone. So what, what does that tell you? I mean, Menzel and uh, and Yaron were dropped during the year for that very reason, um, and um, Henderson would have been dropped if he hadn't basically quit and walk out of the club with three weeks to go so um, those guys were fairly conditional in their application and even though you can say it's pretty tough getting beaten beaten from pillar to post in a bottom side and nobody nobody would be happy there we had a lot of players who excelled and sort of just even Tom Bell had all the family worries in the world to worry you know things on his mind and stuff and he had his best season out uh, came what fourth in our best and fairest improved his stocks magnificently and he fought it out to the last. So there is an issue there as to, yes, these players had talent, but are they also stopping the side from going forward because we're not playing team football? And I don't I don't see any of those players um, surviving in a team like Hawthorne where hard work 
and, and desperation and manic attack on the ball is is you know their stock in trade and which and that's look frankly that's why I don't I had no no surprise wasn't surprised at all that Chris Yarren turned Hawthorne down because mm. I reckon he'd be found out. I the interesting thing was I'm not even sure that and, and and again this is all just reading between the lines I have the inside knowledge on this, but what I gather is that Hawthorne asked about Yarren early and there was a a, a question to I think it was a question to Yarren's agent. And they said, oh, have you had any with Hawthorne? They said, oh, no, they haven't been back to us for quite a while. And um, I, I get the impression that Hawthorne might have uh, um, kicked the tyres, shall we say, and then decided it wasn't going to be worth their trouble. I think I think Wright said that uh, they were the whole back, he, he only wants Richmond. So it didn't it didn't progress from there. But so obviously Yaron it would have been put to Yaron. He wasn't interested, and that's, that's what I'm saying. It, whether Hawthorne would have followed through with it or not, but you know, so they've kicked the tires. Yaron didn't even fight at all, and I just suspect that uh, it would have been all too hard. So pick pick nineteen for Yaron in the end uh, seems yeah. to be a cause of some <laughs> displeasure today. But I think honestly, it's it's probably what he's worth. Given his, uh, given given he's never really lived up to his potential at Carlton. He's had a, he's had the odd player that's gone you know to the highlight reel, but he's never really fully come out. And this year he had an appalling year. Um, and when he's dropped, he has a shocking attitude. Like, yeah. I, I just think we probably got what he's worth in the end. Oh look, he, he was approached mid season. All right, he was approached in July. Um, uh, he, we actually played Richmond in July when he had his worst game and um, and people started thinking, this guy's not even trying out there. But anyway, whether his head was turned or whatever happened, um, he gave up the ghost. And I, I feel he, he knew that he was heading out the door and he's given up the ghost. And that's not a, that's not a strength of character. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's the pick 19. Um, what a shit fight that's been. Yeah. I mean, aside from the Carlisle threat on Big Footy, which was been going for many months longer, that was the biggest threat on the on, on the trades board, and and, and, uh, and and quite possibly the worst. It was it was, it was the terrible. absolute pits that thread. Yeah, and um, the the Carlisle thread wasn't far behind. But my God, yeah, the whole it, twelve versus nineteen thing. Please just stop. Just it was stop it, it now. It, it was the shifting parameters. It was the twelve only. You know, so you'll get, you'll get thirty one and you'll like it. You know, and then it's uh, sort of standard change. And we can, then we but then see so you get all the media commentators agitating like uh, uh, Terry Wallace. You know, he's worth somewhere around twenty five to thirty five. Nathan Brown was worth worse than that. Um, so it just it just fueled all the fire. And then suddenly it gets reduced down to nineteen. Uh, Carlton say no. Well, I think they were holding out. So we are actually trying to get something extra for this Tomlinson deal to get across, and it didn't work for them. So they did it with half an hour to go in trade period. Um, and now it's all now it's all about. Well, we said he was worth nineteen all alone. <laughs> Losers, you bent you bent over and you know did a backflip. So no, yeah, I mean, the, ship, the no, shifting nobody... parameters and the bragging rights was ridiculous. So. so just just finally on that Carlton thing, uh, the GWS trade, the four players and round and, and pick eight. What what's the deal with those guys, Odian? Uh, with the four G, well, look at the end of the day, it cost us pick twenty eight. So this is this is where we buy into what whether we got fair value for Menzel. So we got twenty eight and, and uh, carriage for Menzel, and on the surface, it doesn't look like fair value. 
Um, GWS needed a second rounder to send back to Collingwood. They had no particular interest in giving Collingwood a good second rounder, so they were happy to take whatever second rounder we could give them. So we were going to do 20 or 21 for the four players. Uh, instead, we ended up doing 28. So I, I, from, from me, we pretty much got 21 and carriage for Menzel, which puts his value at a first rounder, so it takes care of that as far as Menzel's worth. Um, those four players uh, for, for pick 28, I, I think GWS have to... They have to get some names off their list a little bit, reduce the size of their list, and probably rein in the salaries a little bit. Um, all those four guys have been playing a lot in uh, NEFL, um, but we've got two former top 10 players in there. So um, uh, Plowman was a former number three, Summoners a former number 10. Both have been dogged by injury a little bit. So we're still seeing those two players with junior pedigree and Carlton, I don't know why Carlton think that they're going to turn them into something the GWS couldn't in three years, but uh, considering our, our history with development, however, we do have Bolton, we do have Clark, we do have a few of these guys who are actually big on development, so you know, and, you never and, know if we can turn them around or not. And, and we the have other both, two... And we have Josh Fraser coaching the development sides. We, so. we do, but, I, but, but, but <laughs> I just got to make a mention of Andrew Phillips out of those GWS4 because he's the logical replacement to get Warnock off our He gets rid of Warnock I, I would trade like half a dozen spuds from GWS to get rid of Warnock. He's probably about well, the same height as six you, of them later. You ended. did. That's exactly what you just did. And, um, you know, you might... I guess if you get one of those four places some decent football, you might be lucky. But, um, I mean, Jed Lamb, good luck. And uh, yep. Phillips, I believe, uh, may be uh, a nice replacement lamppost. <laughs> uh, a bit more physical, so is a lamppost that'll swing the arms around once in a while and take somebody up. Well, combined with Korchek that we pulled in from the US, and uh, we've still kept. Uh, well, hopefully, Cruiser has a good year for a change. And um, who else have we got there? That that other guy, Wood. Wood, thank you. <laughs> so um, yeah, we might all right. Let's move away from Carlton and Hawthorne and our clubs for a minute and look at the rest of the trade period. Uh, the Herald Sun has a listing of its winners and losers and I'll be delighted to let you know that Collingwood apparently emerged as a winner there with Jeremy Howe, Trelaw and Aish coming through. Uh, they didn't lose much. Um, uh, Seedsman's the only one off their senior list I think that really are. And Kennedy. Mm. So, yeah. but so they definitely came out on top there I think. Yes? Uh, well, I mean... They, they had a good trade period. Whether they come out on top, we can probably judge in, you know, nine months or so. Essendon. Oh. Uh, sorry, Odeon. Oh, no, I was just about to say, because of the nature, because of Trelaw and Asian, the young midfielders are going to be there for 10 years. Mm. Um, you, you can't fault them. Mm. Essendon seem to have uh, done okay out of the draft. Uh, Lunenberger and Craig Bird uh, only losing Carlisle. Uh, the man with no games to his list, Giles, and Jake Melksham uh, all wandering off. And in return, uh, pick four, pick five, um, 24, 25, I mean, they're okay. Well, they need to to start again, don't they? I'm not entirely sure that Craig Bird helps them very much. um, But Lewenberger is a massive upgrade on, on on Giles and really probably is sort of the rider replacement a year later, isn't he? But mm. um, Geelong well, also... I mean, sorry, go on. They, they've, done, they, they've done pretty well, but um, they, they need to use those draft picks well. What 
Giles is at his what fourth club in about ten years and has about sixty. I don't know how many games does he get. Not many. Yeah. It's, how, do you, how do you survive just by being tall? Pretty much. Yeah. But he was like he was a decent player at GWS, and, mm. and I think his big mistake was was going to Essendon. And and the inextricable thing is that they spend all this time to get him. And then they got him, and then they never used him. Well, Did he actually play a senior game for Essendon? I don't think so. And even and that was even when uh, they didn't have a ruckman at one point. They had no fit ruckman, and they were, still weren't playing him. Yeah, I think that the, yeah, it's a shame. There was there was some odd stuff going on there. Geelong, we've covered in some respect, and they almost certainly came out winners in this. I think. Yep. Um, obviously, going for the short term there. Port Adelaide uh, got gained Charlie Dixon from the Gold Coast, who. Is pretty good when he wants to be. Jimmy Tumpus from Melbourne's highly rated, I think. Um, didn't lose anybody. Uh, they don't have any draft picks really in the first thirty. Uh, mm. Their first draft picks started pick thirty-two, but I don't think they are, they've lost out of that at all. No, I don't uh, think so. They've done pretty well. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't rate Dixon as highly as they do. Obviously, so I'm not. Mm. I'm not sure about that one. Tumpus is the one that's interesting, isn't he? Because he, he was very highly rated and, and he showed a little bit at Melbourne. But, um, no, I like Dixon. I think Dixon's quite a good player. Mm. He's certainly an upgrade on Jay Schultz, that's for sure. Mm. Mm. They were lucky not to lose Lobb there, I think. Uh, Gold Coast made an inquiry there, I think, at one point. Uh, it was the Bulldogs, oh, I sorry, believe, the Bulldogs. who were the one who were interested after him. Yeah. Richmond uh, gained Jacob Townsend from GWS in exchange for pick 120. So, go figure. And uh, Chris Yaron, obviously, late today. Um, they gave, they lost nobody. Uh, starting draft picks, obviously, at pick 12, but nothing again until pick 52. Mm. It's it's hard to see how they lost there. Actually, didn't they, uh, didn't they trade Townsend? They gave away 70 for Townsend, got 120 back. I could just imagine. Oh, that's true, that, yeah. what, 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 70 is a bit much. We need something back from you. <laughs> I, I yeah. never understand these trades. When a token bit back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> uh, West Coast. Jonathan Giles from Essendon, uh, Lewis Jetta from Sydney, Jack Redden from Brisbane. They lost Matt Rosa, who uh, very late in the piece declared he wanted to move if he could. Uh, he went to Gold Coast. Scott Selwood went to Geelong. Uh, they pretty much just let him walk because they were expecting uh, better compo than they got. Uh, Callum Sinclair, uh, they traded off to Sydney in uh, what was effectively a direct swap for Lewis Jetta. They're starting draft picks at 23 and 31. Um Hmm. Yeah. They'd be happy with that. I think it's a good effort. Yep. I think that I think their ins uh, outweigh their outs probably uh, where their outs were. I guess like Selwood was just a little bit on the out was on the outer by the time he left. Um, Sinclair they've got um, they've already got Lysette as a backup ruck so they were competing for the same spot. Rosa was sort of what was he the sub in the grand final? He was the he was the sub in the grand final. Yeah, so that, he, um, so he got, he's the, got the brace and bits a bit there. Yeah, so he's a little bit, yeah, exactly. Uh, so he's a little bit on the fringe there. So, you know, Redden's going to be a walk-up start in their midfield. Lewis Jetta, uh, although he's probably, you know, doesn't have a lot of years in him, that's going to add something for for a few years. And, yeah, I think it's... And, and there's, they haven't really downgraded too much in the draft. So um, from where were, were they, 17? Their first 17 now, down to 23. Yeah. Not bad. That's worth it. Mm. Uh, the Western Bulldogs, they got Matt Suckling from Hawthorne, lost Michael Talia, or the leaker, to uh, the Swans. Uh, early draft pick starting at pick 20 and 21. Pretty much broke even. Yeah. 
So, those are the winners, according to the Herald Sun. Uh, I guess the only question, just say about the, the Bulldogs, like, the interesting thing with, with Matt Suckling will be whether he can develop in probably what would be an expanded role for him mm. at the Bulldogs. And that'll be the, the challenge is that can he, that does that translate into a bigger role? Mm. Mm. St- starting with the losers list, uh, Adelaide, uh, they gained Seedsman Hampton, uh, Dean Gore from Geelong, and Troy Menzel from Carlton for the loss of Patrick Dangerfield, Sam Kerridge. Early draft picks at pick 9 and 13, and then nothing through to 71. Um, I guess they were never really going to come on the upside of losing uh, Dangerfield. Yeah. No, I, I disagree with that. I think they did the best they could in yeah. the situation. He was definitely going to leave, yeah. and they used the leverage that they had to get themselves... A better pick. Yeah. I don't see how you could say they're losers. Curtly Hampton. I don't mind Curtly Hampton. I think he can play. Um, yep. So I, I don't see how they're losers out of it. I mean, ultimately, when these guys put it this way, Adelaide did better out of Patrick da- getting losing Patrick Dangerfield than Hawthorne did out of losing Buddy Franklin. Mm. Yeah, there's a, well, there's a know, lot. Two, oh. two first round picks really topping off for them. Yeah. Nothing in between, but yeah, that's, right. um, that, that, that's, um, that's not a bad effort from where they were. There's a lot of a lot of familiarity about that forward line too for Carlton fans. Um, <laughs> it, yes, it, Menzel, yeah, Menzel, Menzel, Menzel's not bad on his day, and he'll be like the perfect complement to Betts in the other pocket. And uh, Jacobs there in the ruck, and this, oh. this is why these Carlton and, and look, I'm sure Yaron's going to go better at Richmond, and I'm sure Henderson's going to go better at Geelong, and Menzel's going to star at Adelaide, and it, and it's not a reflection on Carlton getting rid of them because a lot of these players. Uh, apart from Henderson, who really should have been a stand-up part of our rebuild. The other two are flankers. Yeah. Uh, when you're down as low as Carlton, you need to rebuild. You want to rebuild with your talls and your midfield and then start adding the cream players later on. These guys are sitting around with nothing to do because they're relying on people to get the ball out to them so they can finish. Um, it's so In that way, they're kind of wasted at Carlton, but they'll be better in a side that's actually looking towards finals. Yeah. So Brisbane, uh, Jared Jansen, Josh Walker, Bastanak, uh, and Tom Bell from the Blues. Uh, and they lost Lunenberger, Redden, and James Aish. Early picks, really, only pick two this year. Um, next picks are at 38 and 39. I think they're going for academy picks there, so... It's, I think they have lost. A, apparently they've got an academy kid who's a real gun there, too, so that might be their saving grace. I mean, we, you know, people talk about Carlton backing down from, on pick 19 with two days to go and stuff like that. But, I mean, you would. how does Lee Matthews come out and talk to the media after his stance on Aish? Um, that sort he of did. And whole club? I mean, that was... Did he, did he come out, did he? He did. He did. came out and they asked him and they said, um, oh, you know, you didn't exactly do a backflip. And he said, no, I did. We did. We did do a backflip. And the reason we did is because we we didn't want to take a young guy that we'd been recycling we'd been having had on the list for what was he on the list for two years yeah we didn't want to do that and recycle him for a pick and just start again with another 18 year old and and to them and i don't think you'll ever hear this again for the rest of your lives but that bastanak was a game changer for them so Yeah, because he was he's uh you know he's got a hundred games in him already and they feel like he can produce so he actually he said you no know, quite openly that they did change their mind about mm. it when they realized that they could get a player out of the out of the arrangement so a little um, bit of shift, shift, 
shifting sand. So if, if the Bastonek thing wasn't on, um, Aish would have gone, what, well, stayed? Into the draft. Into the draft. Mm. Uh, well, okay, well, I mean, you, you, you'd never know, but, I mean, that's, that's, his, that's his rationale for it. Mm. You, prob- you probably just afford... I mean, I know you've got to come out strong and send the message and hope the bluff works, but, um, you know, they probably could have just tempered that a little bit at the start because it mm. looks bad. Moving along, and uh, Carl yeah. on the losers list with uh, the Herald Sun. Uh, Jed Lamb, uh, Andrew Phillips, Lockie Plowman, Liam Sumner, Sam Kerridge all coming in. Losing Tom Bell, Lockie Henderson, Troy Menzel and Chris Yaron. Uh, draft picks at pick 1, 8, 11, 19, and then nothing through to 59. Um, their rationale is that they lost three top 10 players at the club. Um, I'm, I'm honestly not... Uh, I don't. I don't. I, I don't see, see it that way. No, look, and, and and by the way, Fox Footy um, and Chris Chris Pelican, who uh, uh, said at the start of the draft that um, he reviewed our list and said how crap we were, actually said gave us a B plus and said we did exceptionally well to uh, progress in the draft as we have. We did exactly the right thing, and he was pleased to see it. So he did a backflip on his usually critical stance towards us. So it depends who you ask, um, and you know th- those. Picking up eight and eleven, and um, on top of number uh, draft pick one, we don't have to choose beyond nineteen this year, so mm. we won't have to go into that shallow draft. Um, we've got a couple of later picks that will hopefully cover most of the points for young Jack Silvani, um, but everything we pick up is, should be a, have a fair chance of uh, of making it. And I, I just don't agree that those players were all top ten players for us. They certainly hadn't. Tom Tom Bell. Top ten this year, absolutely. Yeah, not uh, overall. Ten on talent, no. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. No, I don't. I, I, it's the one. It's the first one in this list I haven't agreed with at the moment. But anyway, moving on to the Gold Coast and Matt Rosa, Daniel Curry have come in, Harley Bennell, Charlie Dixon, and Zach Smith have gone out. Uh, they've got their draft picks at six, sixteen, and twenty nine, uh, thirty five. So they've gone for uh, their academy stuff, which is generally any pick between thirty and forty five, really. Um, but Matt Rosa and Daniel Curry for Benel, Dixon, and Smith. I think that's a loss. Oh no, I think that's a uh, and look. I with, all, with uh, Daniel Curry's been bouncing around the league for a couple of years and hasn't made it, and he's a massive downgrade on Smith, and and he's certainly behind Tom Nichols, but he's a long, 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 long way behind Tom Nichols. Um, and Rosa is okay, but not really what they need. Look, they their saving grace is they got that future first from Melbourne, and yeah, that, yeah. and I reckon that's going to be a massive trade chip for them next year. Massive. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and, and two future two future seconds as well. So they're going to they're going to be heavily involved in a strong draft. But um, yeah. look, they made a they made a huge mistake uh, when they basically sacked Benel before. Um, before the draft, uh, before the tra- trade period, mm. um, it's the same thing Carlton did last year when we sort of basically said, "Look, uh, Mitch Robinson and Jeff Garland out the door for a packet of chips. I'm um, just going to get rid of them, so we've got nothing for them." And um, and and that's pretty much what's happened here with with Harley. Um, Fremantle really didn't yeah. have to look for anything stronger um, because they couldn't take them back. All right, so GWS, uh, they're in the losers list here with uh, Steve Johnson and Dawson Simpson coming in, Adam Trelaw, Curly Hampton, Jed Lamb, Andrew Phillips, Lockie Plowman, Liam Sumner, Jacob Townsend, and Thomas Bug uh, all leaving. 
Uh, their early draft picks are at pick 10, and then nothing through 34 and 43, 53. So they're all going for the academy stuff. Um, by all reports, the academy has a lot of promising talent in it this year in New South Wales. Sydney are apparently making plays for it as well. So yeah, it's it, it's it's really hard to know until you see what comes out of the academy, isn't it? They just they just leak they just leak talent at an at a disturbing rate. They real they really have, and you you could start almost starting to put together a team of guys who've left. Uh, in between um, Trelaw and Tyson and a few of the others who've gone in recent years, it's, it's disturbing. I know there's probably some design into, in, built into the system that way that some of these guys are necessarily churned out, but they've churned out some very, very good players and it's terribly disappointing. <laughs> I, I just don't see how they get any traction. I did, I did see a pretty handy list of players that have left Carlton in the last five years. Well, the GWS list wouldn't be far from it. <laughs> no, and, and, and as you, you know, as we've discussed, you know, the likes of McCarthy and Tomlinson have also said they wanted to go. So, I mean, it's only a matter of time before, you know, well, McCarthy's going to go next year or the year after or whenever they can get maximum value for him. Mm. So It must be mm. frustrating for GWS because they're starting to build a winning culture. They're starting to improve and then players just leaving left, right and centre. So I'm not sure what they're doing wrong there. But um, mm. they want to get. They are, they are maximising the value they're getting for these players, though. They're turning them into something else. So, um, and and next year they do have. Uh, uh, they'll have three round one picks, 2016. So, yeah, it's it's um, going to be the GWS and Gold Coast draft next year. I mean, well, again, they, they they do better when they have lots of picks in the first round. Maybe they need suspect. Well, between them, they're going to have like half the first, like ten of the first twenty draft picks or something next year. So. That's and that's you know Geelong, uh, Gold Coast have three second rounders that they've traded for without their own. I mean, the second round is going to belong to Gold Coast next year. Moving on to Hawthorne guys, uh, yes, uh, Jack Fitzpatrick's come in there. Well, it's, well, it's, well, well, it's the case. It's the key trade of, well of the draft. Hawthorne. It's the key trade. It's almost like they remembered that there was a trade period on it that they should do something. <laughs> I guess. No, no, they did something else. They lost they Jed, did, we uh, did something else. They lost Jed Anderson to North Melbourne and Matt Suckling to the Bulldogs uh, early on. Draft picks starting at pick 15 and 18, so they'll be in there in the first round, um, which isn't too bad given they're the Premiers. Well, it's the first... Well, Hawthorne actually have... Um, I think they pick between, before most of the rest of the top eight. Mm, I'm in, not sure how this draft. is a loss, and, really. And, in fact, they're even picking twice before West Coast even pick. But, yeah. look, it's... Um, they they made a calculated decision about Jed Anderson and he apparently had a review that didn't go very well and there was probably some disquiet about his um, ability to stick to team plans at Hawthorne and uh, he's um, ready to go. He, look, he could be a 200-game player at North Melbourne or he yep. could play 20 and flame out in two years it's mm. you just don't know but the talent is undeniably there he he could be a really really good player for them so well, Hawthorne had to make a call and they I were mean, I think they were thrilled that they got a pick that high for him to be honest given well his... that was that was magician like getting that pick and it doesn't matter about 38 and 40 going back to north just because of because the the draft isn't supposed to bat that deep. Getting 15 for Anderson for a player who doesn't even play in your seniors. And, you know, and there's a few, you know, sort of teams inquiring and they're all, nobody had the value anywhere near that. So that's 
that was an absolute shock when that dropped. Mm. It was it was surprising because I think we probably Hawthorne supporters probably thought if we got a pick in the twenties, and there was some talk that Essendon might have trade on traded the um, the pick they got for Milkshake um, for Anderson, um, but um, yeah, to get fifteen, I'm not sure I was so thrilled about them giving up both the second round picks to back to North Melbourne. I that seemed a little unnecessary, but you know, mm. yeah. You get that. And they were probably keen to get themselves in a position in case the Carlisle thing fell through. So North probably extracted um, a bit more value than they than they probably really should have. Mess, do Hawthorne have some rookies that they're likely to upgrade? Uh, they do. They're going to be um, upgrading Kurt Heatherley, who's actually their one of their international rookies. He's a, a mm-hmm. New Zealander, yep. uh, key defender. Um, so he, he, he will be upgraded. They will be downgrading Alex Woodward uh, while he recovers from his ACL. So he's going to come off the um, primary list and he'll be re-rookied. But no, Woodward is the only guy coming up this year. Uh, And they've uh, also, Sam Grimley's been moved on and... uh, Jared Hardisty, who was a first-year rookie, he's been moved on as well. But um, I was just asking to see, because they did give away that 38 and 40, to see whether they even needed to go that deep in the draft because they got um, 15 and 18, and they, I thought they might do that in some rookie elevations and it wouldn't matter. But they've got. Um, I, I think they're right. I guess the interesting thing will be there now is that they've got Brendan Whitecross and Jonathan Simpkin who don't have... Uh, contracts at this point for next year. I know White Cross has visited with Brisbane and with GWS about going up there, and he's originally a Queenslander, so there was some talk that he'd go up there. Now, it might well be that White Cross is delisted and goes as a delisted free agent. I tend to think, given that Hawthorne picking, they've got 48 and they've got 76, I would wonder whether they might re-sign Jonathan Simpkin for another year. Um, mm-hmm. Because he was widely touted as going, but um, yeah, I don't think they'll pick more than four out of this draft pool. If that, and if they could probably just pick at forty-eight, that might be their might be their lot. But um, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to see. But um, no, just just the one rookie coming up this year. All right, let's get a move on and keep this rolling uh, before Chief kills me for going over time. Um, Sydney. They've gained uh, Callum Sinclair and Michael Talia from West Coast and the Western Bulldogs. They've uh, lost Craig Bird and Lewis Jenner. Their draft picks all start in the 30s. They've got nothing in the first round. Uh, first pick starts at 33. Um, the Herald Sun has this as a loss, but I'm not sure it's uh, not something that they planned for. I, I don't see what the problem is. Mm. They, they, they had an, an, an issue in the ruck. They've got an issue down back to help out or, or help repair sort of the next generation after Grundy and Richards. Now, I guess if you've got a question whether you think Michael Talia is, you know, uh, a good defender, I think he's got some promise still. And uh, and Sinclair's a, a reasonable ruckman. So I think they've done all right with the resources they had. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be complaining if I was a Swans fan. No. I'm just trying to... Actually, I'm just looking to see why, they, why they're so far down in the... Um... Uh, in the draft, I know they gave away a couple of picks and helped out with the Carlisle deal, but I'm just wondering whether they got value for that. Um. Mm-hmm. Just to finish off, uh, the Herald Sun says that Fremantle broke even trading Harley Bennell for nothing really. Their draft pick starting at 22. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a calculated risk, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, he, he's, he was worth another go somewhere, um, and he needed a club with a strong, uh, I guess, strong coaching class, uh, uh, coaching uh, group, and um, strong work ethic, and... Uh, Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know what it's... I mean, that's it. he's returned home, so maybe he's got family around him and it helps. Maybe it makes it worse. Um, but he's too talented a player to sit on the sidelines, so 22 in the end, um, or 16 in the end, and, and ended up with 22 back. That's <laughs> mm. a bit of a no-brainer, isn't it? Mm. But so what are they going to do? That's they... a pretty good bargain for a guy of his talent. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think where Fremantle have failed... It's not so much in what they picked up and whether they got value. It's the fact that um, they haven't picked up a, a key tool. They haven't picked up a key forward or a, uh, a key back to replace the ones they've lost or losing. Pavlich still well, hasn't signed to... for next year either. Oh, he'll get well, he'll get another contract, won't he? Oh, well, if he wants it, he'll get one. Well, McFarlane's retired, mm. um, so they have to you know do without him next year. Even though he got in, was injured a bit this year. Um, and, um, yeah, they're going to have to rely on the old war horse. Mm. Well, you know what they're going to draft, don't you? What's that? Height, height, height. Yeah. It's going to be what Carlton did two years ago or three years ago. Yeah. Well, 22, jeez, I mean, I don't know where the height is. I mean, you've got those, uh, we don't want to get worse. The national draft's another story. There's those, I think they're brothers or twin, they're twins, McKay twins in there that probably will go just around about the top 20 just before, so Fremantle might be just away from there. Mm. There's not a, probably, yeah, they're going to take some, maybe some WA project tools. They might need to. St Kilda uh, listed here as uh, breaking even. Jake Carlisle, Nathan Freeman, uh, earliest draft picks at pick 14, then nothing through to 45. Well, I think they did well. I think they did well. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, as long as Carlisle you know, isn't a full-on, blown, full-blown drug addict. Um, they'll do all right. Did they? Did they lose the stare down? <laughs> <laughs> you know, another, uh, another massive, you know, stare down saga. That uh, I mean, it was, Sydney got involved and softened it a little bit. It wasn't five in itself, but you know, it was pretty. Mm. Sydney got pretty good value out of it. So yeah. I don't think they could have done better at pick five. I mean, Carlisle, for all of his faults, is a handy player to have. Uh, St Kilda also did receive word that um, Bailey Rice will uh, pick them um, as, mm. as a father-son prospect. So Carlton lost out there, and which doesn't particularly perturb me. But um, doesn't St. surprise Kilda anyone either. I mean, he spent a lot of time at Dandenong. Spent some time at St Kilda before coming across to Carlton this year. Again, it's a it's a halfback flanker, you know. And uh, as I was talking about before, Carlton aren't in the position where we've we've got a plethora of those halfback flankers are all trying to play in other positions. Mm. So, it's it, it positionally, structurally wise, it wasn't a big loss. But I have no doubt he is a very talented and skillful player. Now they've got Melbourne here as a breaking even, but uh, so I, the Giants I, have picked up an absolute star of the game. They've also lost a future star. Collingwood said it was inevitable, and he's now. Official, Adam Trelaw is finally uh, a magpie. Stupid auto-playing crap. Let's try that again. <laughs> it's, I've had the page open for like 20 minutes, and it's, well, for the last hour, and it's just started auto-playing. Uh, where are we? Melbourne. 
So uh, the Herald Sun has Melbourne listed as uh, breaking even, but I reckon they lost out of this. Um, they they gained Jake Melksham, sure. That Ben Kennedy, nah. sure. Thomas Bug, sure. Yeah. But they lost Jeremy Howe, and that's a big loss for Melbourne. Um, Jimmy Tompas is gone. That's you know that's not a handy. And of course, the legendary Jack Fitzpatrick has now gone to uh, Hawthorne. Um, I, Jeremy Howe's a well, big yes. loss for Melbourne, not just in terms of his playing ability, but his marketability and 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 all sorts of other things for the, for Melbourne. I, I don't think they um I don't think they won out of this. Um, well, I, I, I they zagged a bit because sorry, go on. No, you, no, you're right. You go, mate. I just think it's interesting because for a couple of years there, they went the mature route with the Bernie Vinces, Shannon Byrne, Chris Dawes, these sort of guys in an effort to try and get a boost up the ladder. And and now they've sort of gone back the other way and said, oh, we're going to duck dive into the draft again and, and, and get some early picks. And But, you know, I think a team that bad giving away future first is just crazy. It's insane, isn't it? Um and and I'd be concerned that a team that has such a poor record of player development going back to the draft is problematic. Um, I don't think that the guys they've brought in are all are that much chop. And um, I think they did probably better last year getting Garlet and what have you. But yeah, I'm not not that thrilled with Melbourne's um, Melbourne's efforts. I mean, their draft pick started pick three and seven, and then nothing to forty six this year. So they're not going to do a hell of a lot in the draft either. So they're backing, they're backing no. themselves in though because they've picked up the extra first rounder this year, um, and that was a pretty good effort to get um, to get three off Gold Coast. So they're, mm. they're probably going to be right in there for the best uh, the best midfielder in the draft. But they're obviously backing themselves to do a lot better next year because uh, giving away that pick next year. So um, yeah, they're, they're going to be. Like I said they back themselves in. So at least that's a little bit courageous. Well, I've got Petrarca playing. They've got, I mean, they've effectively got two first round draft picks because they've got yeah. Petrarca coming in. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think Carlton once they draft this year will have like seven first round draft picks playing or something. So, like seven yeah. pick ones. <laughs> it's like <laughs> seven pick ones. No, it won't be. It'll, be it'll be four pick ones. Oh, because that's better. Well, they're probably about. Probably about 10 top three picks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, finally, North Melbourne, guys. Uh, they took Jed Anderson from Hawthorne. They got uh, they lost Daniel Curry to Gold Coast, if you call it a loss. And uh, Ryan Bastanak to Brisbane. Uh, their first draft pick starts at pick 17 and then uh, a couple in the 20s. And they probably did break right. even. Well, I think that's pretty sneaky good to actually get pick 17 for Ryan Bastanak. Mm. Ryan Bastanak's... You know he he's okay, but to that that picks the pick that went from West Coast for Redden, and uh, and then came back for for Bastinac. I'm really surprised, and I think also Brisbane might have given up 26 in that as well. So North get 26 as well. Oh, no, um, they did 26, but they and they gave up 38, 40, and a 2016 round three selection. So they gave up three picks. Which Brisbane obviously going to stockpile for picks uh, for academy players next year. Well, thirty-eight uh, and forty were Hawthorne's. Um, yeah, Hawthorne's picks. But so they've effectively got 
17 and 26 for, I mean, that's that's a lot for Ryan Bastanak. I'm sorry, that's a lot. It is, isn't it? It does seem to be overs, as they say. Yes. Yeah, so look, that's that's pretty much how they see. I mean, I think we agree roughly on uh, on who won and who lost. I mean, there's a few disagreements. I don't think Carlton were losers. I don't think um, I don't think Melbourne broke even. But all in all, it's it's pretty pretty self-explanatory. I think some things uh, the GWS and Gold Coast stuff that that's really going to depend on what they get in the academy draft. Like with their academy picks as well, you just can't rate that really until you see what they do there. It's um, it's all fun. So, so this is the interesting thing: is is this a product of of clubs thinking that this isn't a particularly deep draft and saying that picks are worth less, or is this the future? Are we going to see this sort of freewheeling, relatively freewheeling trading from here on in, where clubs sort of you know start to be a bit more liberal about the way they do these things? I think Brave the- new world. I think the days where players were content to sit around and be pillars of the club and do their time in the reserves and, and you know, fill in as needed, I think those days are coming to an end. Players want to move on. They want to try and get more game time because they, you know, they rate themselves and players should rate themselves according to how they think their ability is. And so players are going to want to move if they can and that's where, you know, they're going to request trades because that's their right. And, you know, so mm. we're going to keep seeing this and this is going to become part of what trade is and I don't mind it because um, my soul feels empty come grand final day not least because my team hasn't played in a grand final for 20 years but just because the footy's over and cricket bores me witless at the moment so it's it, it, I, I like trade period but I like it when it's exciting I don't want to see three trades go by in, in, in two weeks you want to see mm. you want to see a fast paced trade period. Is someone going somewhere? Is someone not going somewhere? What devious thing has been done? You know who's manipulating the draft now? You know that's I want to see that. I want to see that to to keep that draft period over. And I think the AFL wants to see that. The AFL is reportedly very happy with the you know the thirty seven separate trades that went through this time. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they should be. It, it, so it, they it, should it's, be. It's really good. Now with the trade period over. Um, yes. list lo- uh, the first list lodgement is due next Friday. Up until that point, uh, delisted players can continue to uh, trade themselves, I believe. Uh, basically, you can sign with anyone between now and the end of November the 9th. Um, but by next Friday, uh, we have to know who's been promoted to the primary list from the rookie list. Uh, we have to know who's being retained from second and third year rookies. Uh, we have to know who the international scholarship players are. Uh, who's been signed from outside of football, so basketball players or athletes or soccer players or lacrosse players or, mm. you know. And the international... Because uh, there's a... The international rookies, are they already done? International Hawthorne's got a Irish kid coming. International scholarship players have to be done. I'm not sure about international rookies. I assume they have to be done at the same time. So... I know, most of those have already been signed on. I think the category B rookies, uh, yes. they've already been announced for the most Qu- part. Qu- question, though, uh, a knowledgeable one. Um, uh, Third-year rookies, can they just agree and sign on? They don't have to be de- delisted and picked back up again? Um, I'm not entirely sure. The The AFL website says retain second and third-year rookies. So yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if they can just be renewed or if they have to be re-rookied. That's going to mean a lot to Carlton, who are currently sitting at uh, 
39 senior list of players. One, oh, sorry, we're 34, but we've got. We'll definitely take five in the draft. That'll take 30, 39. Do we keep a preseason uh, number one pick back? I don't know who's left to would even bother, but um, you know, usually keep that PSD pick number one just in case something else shakes loose. Um, and that would take us to, to to 40, but we've got three rookies uh, looking at a third year. So, mm. and uh, if we can. And, and that'll make because that's taking our list to forty instead of the traditional thirty-eight we go with, which means players like uh, Cameron Wood won't be able to come nominated rookies next year, so they won't get a game unless somebody's injured. Uh, which probably means this is, that's why we've picked up Phillips and put him on our senior list. So it's mm-hmm. uh, be, be be interesting how you know in Geelong we've got a lot of spots to fill. Carlton, believe it or not, you'd think we'd have twenty spots to fill. We're we're really full up. So the the next big date after that is November the seventeenth, where the delisted primary list draft list, uh, all that sort of thing. They all have to be compiled ahead of the draft, which is a week later, being held here in Adelaide at the uh, convention centre. Here, um, father son nominations also have to be lodged by the thirtieth, but you don't actually get to bid on them until the live bidding for father son and the academy players takes place during the draft, which might actually make it watchable this year. During the draft or before the draft? No, it's during, during the draft. It's during, live during it's the draft. It's sl- going to slow it up something chronic, isn't it? It's going to be like going to, you know, sending it up to the box upstairs, you know, the, to watch the, watch the replay. They're apparently allocating two minutes per pick, and there are 124 picks. But generally they start petering out. Well, there's a lot of passes after pick 70, so... Well, there's only really about, you know, 65 live picks a, a draft, isn't there? Yeah, and then the rook, the rookie draft never gets broadcast, so, uh, you know. Thank well, what, what have we got about, what have we got about eight academy players likely to be picked up, something like that? There's, there's so a few. If, if, if they get bid on, then um, they've straight away got to ask the club who's nominated them whether they're going to match that bid, and then they've got to work out what happens to their picks, like how, which picks they give up and how far back the other ones get pushed. So they have to rework the order on don't, the spot. Don't forget, it's not just GWS, Sydney, Gold Coast and Brisbane that can bid on those academy players. Anyone can. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's could, right. But then it, they've got to, if they say, yeah, we're going to match, then they're going to actually work out how many where their draft picks now sit. And that's going to change the order of everybody else's picks around. So you're going to, they'll get pushed back. You'll have some picks come forward a little bit. You know, in the early rounds, uh, you, your first rounders are going to get pushed back as uh, sort of the likes of uh, Sydney and uh, GWS muscle in in front of you. Um, so it, it, there's going to be a bit of chopping and changing and reworking of the order. I don't care so what look, the others do as long as we get Jack Silvani. Yeah. And they don't screw us over getting him in the process. Yeah, like an so early bid. If I can get, just get this straight. So if they, I, I read, I read the AFL stuff about bidding for picks and players and what have you. So, if they, if Brisbane, one of Brisbane's guys gets bid on by another team, and Brisbane have to match it, and they have to use sufficient points from the picks that they have, and then those picks effectively vanish from the draft order. Is that right? That's right. They they they, they vanished. Uh, so it'll until the points are exhausted and then whatever points are, are left over pushes that pick back in the draft. So basically they don't vanish. The picks disappear to the end of the draft. So right yeah. at the end. And, and if you've got you know residual points left over, it'll push it back however many points um, that's worth. So you, know, you could drop 20, 30 spots in the draft if you've used up half of the draft pick sort of thing. So, um, yeah. 
it's going to be it's going to be interesting to follow. Mm. Mm. I kind of like it. Uh, all you need to do now is, uh, is is follow the NFL and actually have trading for draft picks on the floor on draft night. Yeah. <laughs> well, we might get there at some point. I mean, they're heading in that direction, aren't they? They are. So, anyway, yeah, guys. Could, could, could you imagine Essendon and St Kilda doing a deal in two minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did think it was interesting that uh, GWS, they really didn't want to trade with Collingwood on anything this year. <laughs> it was like anyone but Collingwood. Um, well, GWS spend most of their time dealing with Carlton these days, don't they? Well, what, and Melbourne as, and Gold Coast do 100 deals between each other. And, um, yeah, although Hawthorne did do a late one there, they traded up. They traded those two picks in the 50s for 48 or something like that. As, as a certain eminent Bigfooty podcaster told me on Twitter this uh, uh, this evening, aren't Carlton the GWS reserves? No, I think I called them Greater Greater Southern Sydney. Right. <laughs> the Blue Giants. So uh, it's uh, it's look. I, I'm I'm not. I, I was a bit concerned when I saw that. You got no. Not only do we have two of them from last year as well. Wiley and Jacks are still running around without having done a hell of a lot for us. Yeah. Uh, we pulled another four in. So you yeah. know, and we missed out on one late. So yeah, we we could have like we may as well just be GWS. We'll go and play our games at Spotless Stadium, and you know. Anyway, so we same crowd. Same, yeah, I'm about to say we get the same crowds if we keep it up. Did, did you uh, you guys have any final thoughts on the draft? What you think will happen? What has happened? Anything like that? No, I don't know these kids. I I know a few of the names, but I'm by no means they draft board type of guy so I just hope Hawthorne get good players, that would be my hope mm. Adrian? Yeah, uh, well summed up, very uh, articulate and, uh, <laughs> and informative um, uh, So I'm, that's what I'm here to do <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a drafting person either but um, no, I'm, I'm well you know, uh, four picks in the top uh, top 19 um, I'm really looking forward to the draft and I think uh, you know bring on the rebuild and the uh, breath of fresh air through through Carlton and um, mm. um, made the best team uh, in the draft made the best team wearing navy blue with a CFC monogram win well that makes three of us that know nothing about the kids or the draft yeah what are we doing here oh, I don't How did we know. Get should we find somebody who actually watches these kids play well, I was hoping to get like Michael Sepp on because they'll know this sort of crap. But um, no, they're watching The Bachelorette or something tonight. So Seppo, yeah. we haven't seen Seppo since the prelim. Yeah, I'm a bit worried for his welfare. If anyone has seen Seppo, he's... just uh, ask him if he's okay. And it's uh, are you okay, Dave? That's he, right. <laughs> he might be. What? I think we've done very well, guys. I think uh, we've filled in a lot of time and. Uh... We didn't talk about the grand final, though. We haven't talked about the grand final yet. Oh, you so, didn't do a podcast after the grand final? No, nobody, no. nobody wanted to talk about it. No, so you, <laughs> you, you've been listening to the worst draft coverage in the history of draft coverage. Uh, I've been the Wookiee this evening. Uh, we're not going to talk about the grand final again. Uh, thanks for coming on, Messenger. I've watched it five times already. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you have to. Oh, I have, yes. Oh, uh, as long as we don't have... Well, at least we only have to put up with the same insufferable people, not a new batch. So that's one thing about Hawthorne <laughs> winning again. 
thanks for uh, making a, an appearance again, ODN, your your annual token appearance. Yeah, yeah I have to go on once a year, and I've done it late. <laughs> All righty, and uh, I've, of course, been a Wookiee. Thank you very much. We'll come back uh, around draft time to talk about the things that happen there. In the meantime, um, I'm not sure if the Big Footy Blues are doing a podcast, ODN. Uh, probably just rehash what I just said. So tune in for that. Uh, you can get, you can find them just like you can find us on iTunes. I'd say listen to the Big Footy Hawthorne one, except I know they don't have one. So um, no, we don't. No. So, uh, but yes, uh, find your Big Footy podcast through iTunes or uh, the Big Footy website uh, now, or you can find us on Twitter as well um, if you can be bothered. We'll I'll see you all. I hate long goodbyes, mate. We'll see you all on the forums.